Okay, hi everybody. Welcome to this class on the Parsha, Parsha Shmos. Thank you so much for joining this. Thank you so much for joining. This class is being learned as a very special schos for Shlema for Chaim David Ben Shindol. Also for Mushkarus Bas Beil Daba Amalka Hadassah Bas Mushkarus, they should have our four Shalema Bakarov. This class is being learned as a special schos for Shaduchim Bakar for Yitta Bas Adina Chava. You should find her Zivik Hagen Bakarov. And this is also being learned as a special schos for Elor Nishmas, Esther Beil Abbas, Rishon Mordechai, Yitzchak Menachem and Romer Alevi, Chanvor Bas of Asher Enzel, Figma Bas of David Xil Ben Moshe. And also for Aaron Mayor Ben Reb Shalom Ezra, the Neshamo Shehav and Aliyah. Okay, Parsha Shemos. Here we go. New Parsha, new Sefer. Wow, such a gorgeous Sefer. So much to talk about. So just to kind of recap a little bit from last year, I don't know if anyone remembers, when I was going through my notes, just two points I wanted to just bring back, just because I was like, wow, that's so, like, I forgot. So I'm just going to, you know, I guess it doesn't ever hurt to do a little bit of a Chazara. So I apologize for anyone who's heard it already. I have new material also, but just to review these two two points, you know, we all know the famous story that Basia stretched out her hands to bring Moshe in, right? We all know that. Moshe was very far away. We all know that. Yet she still stretched out her hand. Nothing that the Torah says or talks about ever is for nothing. Everything can be highlighted and we can learn so many things. So what do we learn from that, that she stretched when it seemed so far so impossible so many times in life we say I can't do that it's impossible no that's not for me I can't I can't read a shidduch it's not what I do I can't help that person it's just not what I do so many times things seem so far away from us and we're like I just can't do it no be like Basia that should be like another bumper sticker on a car stretch your hand out put your hand out she knew it would be impossible for her to reach she didn't know Hashem was going to make her hand miraculously stretch and be able to to pull Moshe in. But the point what we learned is we just need to start and Hashem will finish the job. And it's something that I was so happy to reread this week because it reminded me it's not about finishing the job. And what the Chalalidi always says, Suri, the Chalalidi Suri, she always says, never say never. If ever. Try. Just just try. And you don't know. Like if if it's meant to be, it will be. Right? How did the first Shadchan make her first Shidduch? She just tried, right? It just you try, um, but it's anything. It's anything. Um, just to like, ha- you know, have a little chizik over there. The second point that I did already bring up, I believe last year, was what I heard. I think this is all. I heard this all from my Valstein, I believe. The concept of Hakar Satov. We all know that Basia named Moshe Moshe. Moshe had a lot of names. His father named him. His mother named him. His brother named him. His sister named him. Chaver Yekusil. Um, Tavya, I have them written down somewhere, a lot of names. Anyway, the one that stuck was the one that the Egyptian princess named him. Why? Because, and, and even Hashem calls him Moshe, right? Moshe, Moshe, it's, it's the name we all know. And why? Because Hashem had tremendous akar for Basia, that she risked her life bringing in this Jewish boy and raising him under the in the house of her father. She knew that her life, she would be killed in, in a second and one of my students said like, what do you mean her father would kill her i'm like the egyptians were no different than hamas right hamas would kill and do they don't right so yeah her father would have most definitely had her head chopped off had he found out that she's raising a jewish child so we're learning from this hakar sato and this is um i know everyone's seen very 
takes that car so very seriously. And just something that I was thinking sometimes, like, you know, when it comes to tipping, tipping is really, that is Hakar Sato. We're showing the manicure lady that I appreciate you, that you gave me a beautiful manicure. We're showing the delivery man that I appreciate, even though, yes, you're getting paid on a salary, but I appreciate that you came all the way out, whatever time, to deliver. Happens to be Gershon delivers like a potato. So I've had that this week. Like, I think they came, they gave her like almond flour and like eggs. You tip. Like, that's like Hakar Sato. I try to like tell my kids, like, no matter what. You know, it's it's just, and it's not so much how much, it's just that you show that you care. And that Hakar Satov goes a very long way, and Hashem takes it so seriously, and we better also. I'm talking to myself, like reminding myself, you know, so just something to take home and remember. Um, This week's Parsha is the Parsha of Geula. Of Geula, we know, right? This is when Penisra get taken out of Mitzrayim, but... There's a very long waiting time. It doesn't happen right away, right? We know this is now the beginning, right? When B'nai will start the whole process. And and it's it's that safer gula, but there's the wait. And I know I spoke about this when I spoke at the Chasil College. I might post that class, I, that, that share that I gave. But just to, like, rediscuss this concept of waiting. It's Sometimes you get so caught up in the end goal and the waiting period can be such a downtime and just such a hard time and such a depressing time and such a like horrible feeling. But if we stop for a minute and we think one second, now is an opportunity for me to become, to develop myself and to kind of, you know, have that moment of greatness. Because like we discussed, you know, Rachel Minu, her moment of greatness wasn't that she married Yaakov. That was her goal. That's what she wanted. That was her dream. And we all have dreams and we're all waiting for our lives to match up to that dream. But that wasn't the part that we talk about her and we praise about her. When we think about Rachelin, we think that she gave up the Simanim. That's what she was doing while she waited. She While she was waiting for her, her Geula, she did the right thing. Even if it meant giving up her Geula, having her Geula being able to come sooner. She chose and did the right thing and that's greatness. And that's just something also we can try to fortify ourselves and give ourselves chizik that while we're waiting, we can look for opportunities to become great it's not easy easier said than done always but just you know to have that like feeling of like okay i'm in a situation i'm waiting for the gula whatever it is anasa, like whatever it is right whatever it is while i'm waiting how can i you know what i don't really feel like smiling but i'm going to put on a smile anyway that's greatness and that's where we can develop ourselves and the end goal will come it will come good things come to those to wait. I heard that somewhere. I don't remember where, but I heard that somewhere. When we were um, going into when we're going into Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim, there's a word, has a different word, um, the word Matsar, which means a siege, which in Mitzrayim, right, we feel surrounded on all sides, right? Like we can't, there's no way to escape, right? Like a, a Matsar, a siege. Another word from that word Matsar is Mitsuyar, right? That's also like another, the word from Matsar siege. And it's Sayar, means illustrated. I heard this from Mrs. Ami Agubi. Illustrated. It means illustrated. And when we use the koach of illustrating, what are we illustrating in our mind? Dreams. When we when we use the koach, koach of dreaming 
of imagining what things could look like and imagining the good times coming, that the best is yet to come and not getting so caught up in the despair of the moment, but imagining that the best is yet to come and it's going to be good and we're going to, that shidduch is going to walk through the door and that Parnas is going to get better and that person's going to have a refuah. When we imagine, it helps break the matzar, the siege. It helps break it and it helps the, it helps the geula actually come. Like I also said, with the whole concept of looking around while we're waiting for our Yeshua for the little sprinkles of glitter, like the little that Hashem sends us, the good things that Hashem will send us while we're waiting for our big thing that we're like waiting for, right? That we that we want. Hashem a lot of times sends us like a bone, like he did by B'nai Yisrael when um during the whole story with uh, Mordechai, how when Mordechai was Mishnah Lamelech. He was riding on the king's horse. It was such a celebration, but it was still a terrible time for the Jewish people. The decree wasn't annulled yet. And it was that chizuk, that renewed vigor of, of, of happiness that actually was able to help bring the geula. So Hashem knows it's hard, that we get stuck waiting for the phone to ring. We're waiting for the bills to be paid, whatever it is that we're waiting for. So Hashem needs us to be in a good spirit to help the geula come through. So to pay attention to the little things, oh, you know, wow, that kid was struggling and now the kid is doing okay. Oh, thank you, Hashem. To look around for different things that Hashem sometimes sends us, like throws us a bone almost like that, to pay attention to them. We know that, um, I'm jumping around. I missed the point. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Um, if I get, if I will, I might, I might circle back to the beginning, but moving right along to when the, we all know that um, Moshe had to run away, right, from Mitzrayim because he got the whole matzah when he, you know, hit the mitzvah and killed him and they told on him and he ran and he comes to a place. I think I know it, but I don't want to say the wrong one. So he comes to a place, he sees Yisro's daughters around the well, and they come home telling their father, Ish mitzri hitzilanu, Ish mitzri, right, because Moshe looked like a mitzri. But if you think about it, Obviously, Moshe wasn't a mystery, but what we're trying, what Ms. Ami Agubi brought like, to my attention, what we learned from here is that sometimes they came home saying a mystery saved us, the mystery saved us. Now, really what happened, it was because of the mystery that Moshe had to run away and run to Midian, right, and run away. And, and, and that's where he got to, and that's where he saw Yisro's daughter, right? So it was because of the mystery. And when he got there, that's where he found Sephora, his wife. Sometimes in life, we come into situations and we think this is the worst, right? When Moshe was in the situation that he saw that he was going to be tattled on and they were going to kill him and he had to run away, like, oh, right? It was like, oh my gosh, Hashem, how could you do this to me? And I didn't even do anything wrong. You know, I, I did it all the same Shemayim. And it's like, how could this be happening? And sometimes in life, we think like, Hashem, how could this be happening? I dive in every day. I get stuck every day. I'm, I'm happy for my friend, Hashem. Sometimes we think the worst things in life are like, Hashem, why? But if we stop and let it just go, like, let let it just kind of, let Hashem just show us and direct us that thing that we think is so bad, it can actually be what's pushing us to our geula. And it will push us and bring us to a place where we need to be. And it was the, and it was the only way that it would that we would be able to get there. And only after we're going to see, oh, that's why that happened. Oh, that's why, right? Like, sometimes we'll see in our lifetime. Sometimes we have to wait till after 120. But it's something that we learned that when they came in to tell their father, Ish Mitzri Hitzilanu, that it was Ish Mitzri who saved us. It was actually the Ish Mitzri back in Mitzrayim that saved Moshe. 
just something to know. And it's like when I when I was when I saw this, heard this, I was thinking to myself that, you know, for many years I did see it. I, I was a see it. I worked and I, you know, it was great. And for many times I remember my mother telling me, you know, you should come teach one of my classes. I think you should come teach one of my classes. And I more for sure two years, maybe more. I just never got around to it because if I had time to go to my mother's school to teach a class. I would have really should be in my school where I work, filling my hours that I probably missed from Sukkot. You know, the type, like I never was able to like justify if I was able to work, not going back to my student that I, the the commitment, the responsibility that I had to fill more hours. So I would never, for, for sure two years, I just never got around to it. I just never, it's just the year would go, like go on and finish and end and I just never did. And then I I um had a back injury. I had two slip discs disc impingements on my nerve and I was completely like thrown in for a loop and it was a really hard time in my life but I had to come I had to call up Yelad and take a leave of absence I could not go to work and I didn't know for how long and it was at that time that all of a sudden I wasn't working and I would you know I was able to stand I couldn't sit so it's like you're a seat you always sit like on little chairs sit on the floor so I couldn't sit that was impossible for me but standing I was the best at that it didn't hurt me when I was stand so that's like my mother was like okay come teach a class and that was exactly when it was the first class I went to to teach. I gave my like I put together like a bunch of Rebbe Lawson stories that I love and that I still love. And I just put them together. And a little bit I listened on that time of year with Slira and I gave my first class and I loved it. I was flying from it, like teaching. And that was when and then after that, I started to sub in the school and then I got my first job. So this is a personal story for me where Ish Mitzvi Hitzilanu was such a like it was a horrible time for me at the time. I was like, Hashem, why is this happening? Why is this happening? It was so hard. But now, retrospect, now that I'm seeing out it at, at all these years later, I'm like, wow, it led me to my new job, what I do, and I love it. And Baruch Hashem, you know, it's I'm, I'm so grateful. So it's just like a real life story for me to really understand this point. Now, circling back to when Basia is back with, Pulling Moshe out. I'm sorry, we're going a little bit out of order today. When Basia is pulling Moshe out, it says that she heard the yellow cry. I think we discussed this last year also. I guess some new listeners, it'll be for the first time. Some will be Hazara, whatever. It's all good. Aaron, she heard, no, no, I just gave it away. She heard the yellow crying. She didn't, it doesn't say she heard the baby cry. We know Moshe was a baby. So what was the yellow? Who's the yellow? The yellow was Aaron. Aaron was standing next to Miriam and he was watching what was happening. And he started to cry when he saw that Basil got, you know, like landed on Moshe and was bringing him in. And when she saw a brother crying for another brother, that's when she said, I want to be part of this nation. Sign me up because the Egyptians, they don't cry for each other. They don't care. The other nations, but I'm Yisrael. And we know now more than ever that, yes, we cry for one another. We're Sabrachin. What's going on in Eretz Yisrael? The hostages. The the chayalim, the chayalos, these mothers who are sending their young sons and daughters out to the battlefield, and we feel it, and we're amusochai, we're we're unit and we're united. So it's it's I, I feel it. I I understand what Basia was wanting to become part of. I get it, and we're so lucky to be part of this nation who really, really, really cares for one another, and we really cry for each other. It's really, it's really a very, very um special thing. So yes, we need to wait for our geula. We need to do our hishtadlas. We need to do, you know, with the normal hishtadlas. Everyone can ask their rav what the normal hishtadlas is because everyone has their own, you know, specific 
criteria of what's normal for them. But after we do our hishtadlis, we have to just wait, like this book of Shemos, of uh, Sefer of Geula, but there's a lot of waiting. We just have to wait and hope and dive in. And um, it's a little bit like the, I said this also by the Chinese auction, a little bit like the challah, when we bake challah, we put in all the ingredients, we do our hashtadlas, we say all the brach, all the tefillos with every ingredient, it's beautiful, and then we walk away and we let it rise and we let Hashem do the magic. And Hashem, we come back to the dough two hours later and then it's hopefully a beautiful, high, overflowing dough. And it's like, yeah, Hashem did the magic. And then we can braid it and bake it and eat it and enjoy it. So just like Hafrashas Chala, we need we need to do ours and then walk away. So too in life. And anything that we're diving for, we need to do ours. And then we need to, we need to relinquish control and say, Hashem, it's all you. It's all you. And I know we I heard I heard myself speak Tuesday night and I'm hearing myself now again. And I feel like this is just something we have to consistently hear because as much as we know it here, it's very hard to connect it to our heart and actually feel it and live it and not be tzabrachin and not be consumed by the worry and the anxiety of of you know all the you know, whatever's going on or whatever the Yeshua that a person needs and Davin's for. So we just remind ourselves and um, together we will keep each other and we'll give each other chizuk and really, really Bakarov. I'm really hoping that everyone's tefillos are answered and I'm hoping that everyone's bakashos are answered and Hashem says, sends everyone their personal geula and their personal Yeshua and I hope and I daven that very, very soon this war should end and it should be good for everyone. And Mashiach should come. Bakarov, have a good Shabbos, everyone. Thank you so much. See you all next week. Good night.